much uh, for taking the time out of your day to do this interview. Um, I want to start off by asking you, how's everything going in life right now? Huh. Uh, I'm in the – everything's going pretty good. I'm just – I bought a new building. I'm trying to renovate it. I've got some new companies I'm setting up, and I'm looking at artists, and I'm oh, – it's been, it's like I need to call myself twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you this, uh, starting out, uh, growing up, uh, who were some, some musical? Hello? Yeah, I'm, we're echoing. Oh, I just, I, I think, I don't know if that was me or you, but I know I just heard something say something just quickly. But the question I have for you, uh, so I want to ask you this. Um, obviously, you're um, your hit producer. I want to get into this question. So growing up, who were some musical um, influences or who were some uh, producers that kind of um, drew, where you drew your inspiration from wanting to do music from? Wow. Um, uh, obviously, <laughs> I, I was a big fan of Quincy Jones. Uh, I grew up listening to I grew up listening to Motown records. So guys like Norman Whitfield and uh, Smokey Robinson, and then there was uh, Isaac Haynes and Dave Porter from Stax, and then I, then it was uh, uh, Gambling Huff. They were a big influence on. Uh, on me and, and back in the day you had various producers with different sounds so yeah. i was attracted to i grew up listening to a lot of motown records i think probably right. motown records had the most influence on my career for the simple reason was it's the organization on how to make records was was specified at motown and yeah. then then i kind of but my first influence in the recording studio was I went in the studio and I saw guys like Van McCoy, who did the record to Hustle, and guys like mm-hmm. Jeff Lane, who produced <laughs> BT Express and, and a Brass Construction. And when I was like 17, 18, I saw them actually produce a record. And it kind of like, I was hooked on being a producer from that day on, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, uh, I kind of saw how records were being processed from the singer to the musician. So and those guys were my influence as far as producing records. And writing. So you've been producing. Yeah. So you've been producing and writing uh, for three decades. Yeah. Could you name, could you, well, I know this is probably really hard. I don't know if I want to do that one, but you've been in the game for three decades. Could you tell me what are some, like, um, what is an insight of how you kept up with longevity of, of being a producer and a writer? Well, the truth be said, for a lot of us as producers and writers, is that you know when you from from the disco era to the house dance music era to where we are now, the music changes a lot. So. A lot of cats who come from that era, they don't have, they they really can't compete in this era because in this era the music is so drastically different. It's like mm-hmm. unlearning what they learned to produce records, mm-hmm. and a lot of cats don't want to do that. 
But I think that coming from uh, me coming from a dance era and then being involved with EDM, it kind of like lingered onto this generation. So that's why you have a lot of the Show Me Love and all these records that I used to do. A lot of people are playing those records because it's it's kind of it's like a class culture. The the uh, mm-hmm. the, the house and the EDM and all that is catching up to where we are at hip hop because we don't went through a whole phase and now we're entering into a dance phase in the pop charts and I was always there. Yeah. So it's kind of like our sound kind of stayed around a long time bubbling under and it got hit from everybody from Jason Derulo to this that. So it kind of became like a passage, a right to passage to do my record or you can't be hit. You ain't gonna have a hit. Yeah. So you mentioned Show Me Love. I didn't know if you were continuing. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, so you mentioned Show Me Love, which uh, is used by the production of Break My Soul, uh, Beyonce's number one hit. I want to just say the song is amazing. Um, shout out to you guys because, you know, production producers are always what really makes most of these songs. Uh, but I want to just say, uh, how was it to be able to work with uh, Beyonce, and um, you know, what was that like? Well, I, I mean, I'm I. Uh, the one thing I like about what Beyonce did with the song was she actually created a song that had meaning. And yeah. "Break My Soul" is actually something that the the lyrics of the song is. It's so important to today what's going on that I'm glad mm-hmm. that she made a record like that because a lot of people, that's what we're going through in the country. Yeah. And, like, the, the music usually dictates the times of what we're going through. And for sure, that song dictates the time of what we're going through with all this crazy stuff with the Republicans, all this crazy stuff where people want to take people's rights to vote, oh, yeah. want to take women's <laughs> rights to have abortions and just want to control people. It's like they're trying to break our soul. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, she's right. It's like, you know, they're, they're trying to break us as people. They want to work us to death and then break us. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's what I really like about that song. And I think that song speaks for the generation of what we're going through. So it's yeah. exciting to hear somebody to be associated with a song like that that's actually – saying something mm-hmm. for what Marvin Gaye used to say, but what's going on and stuff like that. She kind of hit that plateau with having a record that actually expresses how a lot of us feel. Yeah. The song is amazing. I, I, I love uh, Break My Soul. And I want to ask you this. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, you mentioned how the new generation of artists, um, a lot of the songs are a lot different. If you could work with any of the newer generation, I know you've worked with Beyonce, but if you could work with any um, R&B artists that are in the new generation, do you know of any that you would love to work with? Um, wow, that's a good question. Um, I, 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 I can't, I don't know if I can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, you might can't. Uh, I'm looking at, but see, what, what I'm saying is that the artist out there today is like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. If you notice, there's a lot, not a lot of male artists on the market like it used to be. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Not a female yeah. artist. There's no male artist, mm-hmm. so it's hard to really. I I don't. I, I and then there's a lot of rap artists and not singers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm used to working with singers. I tell you, the person that I really liked, that I thought I could really change their career, was Fantasia. Yeah. yeah I, Fantasia has a great voice, and I think she she's does. been through a lot of stuff. And I think that mm-hmm. her, you know, she if she had great producers behind her, she could really elevate her thing. I think she's missing yeah. the songs and the producers. I really like her voice. Yeah, she has an amazing voice, for sure. And it, it has nothing to do with if you're number one, if you're number two. Mm-hmm. It has everything. What can you do for that artist's career? I think I could do a lot for her as a producer and a writer. I could do a lot with Fantasia. Because if you notice, yeah. my Somebody Else's Guy record and my record I did with Jenny Burton, Bad Habits, that falls into the category of R&B, and that's who Fantasia is. Yeah. And I think a lot of R&B singers are missing that song and that production. Oh, also, I would love to work with Jasmine Sullivan. That's my, that's oh, my yeah. life. I could really do something great with Jasmine Sullivan because she has an amazing voice. Yes, and I could, I could get, I could get that. I, if she could bring, she could bring that soul to my records that I need. Mhm. Can't, I can't find that nowhere. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing for sure. I want to ask you this as well yeah. because you, with "Show Me Love," uh, it's been, it's, it, it's like a lot of uh, artists have sampled the song. You got Chris Brown, you got Jason Derulo. I want to ask you this, though, and then Beyonce, but I want to ask you this. How big, how how much do you feel is important of some of the younger artists kind of uh, sampling those type of songs on their tracks for the newer generation? Because, honestly, some people may have, like, some of the children in the newer generation might have not heard of Show Me Love until it was well, sampled by someone like Beyonce or so. Right. Well, you know what? What that does is it, it elevates the original Show Me Love record. So Beyonce yeah. is going to bounce that Show Me Love record, and people go out and go, well, let me see the Show Me Love record, and then they discover it, and they like it. Mm-hmm. And they say, wow, I never – I have, but that record, it's hard to say you never heard that record. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because I'm – It's really kid, hard to so say. I, know, but... I mean, you, 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 it's really hard to say, because that record plays on all formats. Mhm. So yeah. you really can't say, well, I've never heard that because that record is played at parties, at discos, at weddings, Everywhere. you name it. If you got a DJ, pretend to one, show me love is in his pile. Mhm. So it's really hard to say you never heard that record. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really hard. But you will really be surprised of how, like, you would be surprised of how many songs a lot of the kids, I would say, from. Uh, kids that are even like 21, 22, and you you would be really surprised with some of the songs that they have not heard uh, that have right. been, a, been yeah, around yeah. for so long. I can long. see that young, that, that young, they probably, uh, you probably, they probably don't know where it came from. They probably heard the, mm-hmm. the, the derivatives like the Jason Derulo and the, show, and the Chris Brown. They probably haven't really yeah. looked, listened to the original Show Me Love records. Right. But so I, I think that Beyonce is making them discover it, though. Yeah, and that's and that's what I mean by 
it being such a good thing that an artist with the platform of Beyonce can, you know, put the younger, you know, the younger generation onto those those type of sounds. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, I think it works yeah, out. Well, I, I hope that they listen to the fact that Beyonce wrote a song that's good, and I hope they understand that songwriting is really the key to this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to have, I mean, because every, everybody has these great beats, but not everybody has these good songs. And the good songs yeah. are going to bring a whole, it's going to make everything come back to where we were. Yeah. So I want to ask you this. Because you mentioned um, Break My Soul and how it, it, it you know, it resonates with, with what's going on right now. We have a big midterm coming up in November on November 8th. Uh, how important do you feel it is for everyone to get out and vote and specifically the younger generation to get out and vote uh, to let their voice be heard? Well, I think is that uh, I come from a generation and my 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 mother – and her mother came from a generation where if you went up to the polls, they would try to kill you if you tried to vote. Yeah. They would lock you up. They would do all kinds of things. A lot of people died for their right to vote. And I think the, the younger generation, they don't understand, they don't really, they don't really grasp that because they're so far away from those generations. And we, we seem to forget through entertainment, through the internet, and the self-preservation and all that, we forget that it, voting is what's going to change the situation in our country. And, yeah. and people say, oh, voting ain't going to change nothing. It's going to be the same. But I tell them, if that's the case, they wouldn't be trying to stop you from voting. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If voting wasn't important, they wouldn't be trying to stop you from voting. So yeah. my whole thing is that, is that, the, the nation, young people got to understand, it was young people. When Martin Luther King was out there protesting, he was only 32 years old. Wow. Okay? He wasn't no old, like, he act like Martin was, like, 60 years old. No, Martin Luther King was 28, nah. 29 when he was out there protesting and people was beating him up, sending him to jail. The young people was getting locked up in Alabama and all this stuff that's going on in this, you know, and 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 Tills, Tills was only 14 years old when they mutilated him and threw him in the river because they said he whistled to whistle on a white woman, and he, and she admitted back in the day that he didn't do it. Wow, uh, yeah. But they could, they could was... take you as a person, and they could violate you as a person, and and the government would allow it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the the right to vote. I think we take the right to vote for granted, yeah. and we're too we're too quick to dismiss. Like everybody's on this like this thing to dismiss people. One, two, three. It's like we we, yeah. we will just we will say oh, I don't like that person because that person uh, I don't like what that person said or I don't like the way this person you know she she's no good. But I'm saying look at your alternatives. I was like, do you want him in office? Because he, what he's going to do to you is going to be a, a thousand times worse than what she's going to do to you. Yeah. So we, 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 we all, you know, we, we, young, too, I think young people dismiss things too quickly 
and don't look at the alternative of what needs to be done or how we need to get things done in this country. And voting is the most important thing you could do as a citizen. You have to vote. We we don't, you know, it's like they want to take the, they want to strip away all the rights that was gained in the 50s through the civil rights movement. They, the Republicans want to come along and just take all those rights right away from us. Oh, and when they strip those rights away from us, What's going to be left? Like they took the right for the, they took the rights for women to vote. What's going to stop them from taking the Thirteenth Amendment away from us that freed us from slavery? They'd be like, ah, oh, that ain't going to never happen. Oh, really? They're right. going to make you slaves, but they'll take your rights away where you can't do anything in this country. I don't, I, can't do anything, anything, when people start stripping rights from you, anything is possible. Yeah. Don't dismiss what they won't do now. So that's wow. why I say voting is very important. Is that 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 you everybody black should definitely be out there voting. Voting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is I don't care what day you do it. If you vote early, you do it. You have to go out there and vote because that gives yeah. us the power in this nation to make change. Period. Absolutely, and I want to get into this as well. So with Digital Jump Recording, what new upcoming projects um, are you working on? Well, Digital Jump Recording. I know you might not be able to. (laughs) Well, no, no. Well, Digital Jump Recording is just a recording studio. My my company is called Big G Organization, and I have three labels. I have Big Whiskey, I have Death Flow Records, and Vinyl Dreams. And I'm looking to to concentrate on young artists to bring up in the music business and teach them how to retain their publishing rights, how to deal with the music business on a real level, and to understand what it is to make an artist happen. And, you know, it's like I've worked with artists before, and I've seen how success completely overwhelms them, and they don't understand how to maneuver in in the record industry. And, you know, just because you yeah. got a hit record, it's like it's easy to get hit record, but very few people have a hit career. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, record companies come, people get dropped off. Look at John Legend got dropped off of Sony. So did uh, Alicia Keys. So did uh, 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 Fantasia. That doesn't mean their career stops. Yeah. There's a lot of people who, back in the day, people used to change record companies all the time. Yeah. And then they have a hit with this label. Mm-hmm. I never had a hit with this label, but I had a hit with this label. So I mean, I mean, you have to be. I think that just people teaching people songwriting. I want to get songwriters. I want to do a whole thing where we could have a, a, a whole conglomerate of artists, singers, and writers that we can bring up and put records out, and it's a and we could teach artists how to retain their rights and teach them what streaming is, mm-hmm. teach them what record companies is. It's just not a lot of that going on today. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the um, a lot of the younger artists that are coming up are having a lot of, you know, contract issues and things like that. And, yeah, so it, it, that would definitely be beneficial for, you know, a lot of the younger artists coming up. Can I ask you this? So to end off this interview, I want to ask you a question I always ask. If you could name one song that describes your life at this very moment, 
any song that was ever created, which one song would that be? I would have to say Break My Soul. <laughs> Simply because that's what this I'm going to tell you something, though. That's what they're trying mm-hmm. to do to us. Anytime yeah. you take a 50-year precedent that's not supposed to happen, they get up on Congress and they lie about stuff, and then they do the stuff that the unthinkable, like tell a woman she have the rights that she can't even govern her own body now. You tell me they ain't okay. trying to break your soul. Okay? You got them taking rights away from us that we've had for 50 years of voting and telling us we can't do this. Like, look at what's going on in Florida. They're arresting people, felonies, who the government told them they could vote. DeSantis wants to lock them up for voting. And when do we, when, when does this come that, and you tell me voting doesn't mean anything, yet still they're locking you up for doing it. Yeah. So think about it. That record represents, that is what you call the, what's going on of our time. Mm-hmm. That record is the what's going on that Marvin did back in the 70s. What's going, that Break My Soul is a record that tells us the story of what they're trying to do to us today. They're trying to break you, they're trying to break you so you can just do whatever they want to do. They can take your rights and do whatever they want to do with you, tell you how much money you want to make, tell you what you can't do, say you don't want any people of color around. They're so afraid of losing their power as white people in this nation that they want to ban anything that has color to it and say they, they, they're, they're fear that they're going to be the minority and that the minority is going to do to them what they did to the minority. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fear going on, and I think that if I don't expect it to happen. But if we could put out more records like that, I think that people yeah. will get the better message. Yeah. That's what we need. So uh, that's that's my opinion of what I think what represents what I want to do. Absolutely. That that's, that tells the story. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Alan, uh, for this interview. I really enjoyed our whole conversation. I wish I had more time. but. I-